0: time. No, that's right. You are now tuned in and therefore have positioned yourself to become undeniable in your pursuit of personal, professional, and spiritual excellence. Now I say this every time and I'm going to say it again because if you are not pursuing excellence in your life right now, it's okay because you have come to the right place today. Welcome to this hopeful episode of Become Undeniable. I am your purpose-driven host, Brad Austin, as always, keeping it real no matter whose feelings it hurts while providing undeniable value every step of the way. Now, most people in today's society, man, we, we, we don't seem to understand that adversity and suffering are inherently a part of life. Right. For some reason, we've been conditioned to think that life is just going to be a breeze. We're going to get a trophy on every little accomplishment that we make. Right. We've been conditioned to expect convenience. And, and we freak out when we encounter any kind of little speed bump, you know, that prevents our full access to that convenience. That is not living an undeniable life, in my opinion. You got to roll with the punches. There's a reason that saying exists. You've got to be able to get through adversity. You've got to be able to just not only overcome it when you encounter it, but you need to be, you need to learn how to expect it. You need to learn how to be happy. You need to learn how to be joyful in life because you only get one, man. You only get one. And my special guest today is going to help you learn how to do that, how to be joyful in overcoming adversity, how to be joyful when you actually encounter it versus being like everyone else and just crawling up in a corner or binge watching Netflix on the couch, When something goes wrong that's not how you're supposed to live your life and so without further ado i'm going to introduce my special guest mr gary stanton he is a commercial real estate broker up in the pacific northwest been doing it a long time he's also formerly a leadership trainer for college students and quite frankly an all-around great guy that i'm looking forward to getting to know on this show gary how how are you sir i'm doing great thanks Brad. that's awesome man let's uh let's dive right in because when we had our, our pre show interview, I I got intrigued by a few different things, um, and I don't want to give away I don't want to give away the farm this early on, but um, let's start setting the stage for what you're going to be what you're going to be sharing with people and what they can take away from it. So let's let's set it up. Let's talk about this word adversity. All right, I mentioned it in the, in the monologue a second ago, and I mean, <laughs> you know, some people think adversity is getting a bad comment on social media posts. You know what I mean? Oh, no, my day is ruined. It's going to end. Right. So from you, man, how would you define adversity?
1: Well, it's definitely the unexpected. You don't want it to happen. It's something that you that blocks the things you do want to happen, the life that you do want to live. And this you can't control it. It it hits you
0: and um, you got to deal with it. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like unexpected circumstances, right. That aren't always pleasant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Otherwise we would, we would call, we wouldn't call it adversity. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, man, let's, let's dive into your story because when you told when you told me what you're about to tell everyone else, I kinda, I was happy about it. It was cool. And then I'm thinking, okay, my mindset shifts to how can we empower others with, with how you handled this stuff, man. So right. tell me, tell us about getting that diagnosis from the doctor long ago, right? That you had an incurable disease, right? Now walk right. me through what it felt like, right? I'm, I'm assuming you were sitting in the doctor's office you're going to get test results or whatever, man, take, take as long as you need to really just get people to understand what that was like for you. Yeah, so the story
1: started for me uh, one morning when I was just getting out of bed. My wife had already left the house, she drove uh, an hour and a half away to take care of her mom, and so I'm just getting out of bed, and uh, I get hit with this pain in my jaw that's like I I bit into an electrical cord. Um, It didn't last very long, so I thought, wow, what the heck was that? Then, boom, it hit again a few seconds later, a few seconds later, and so I picked up my cell phone uh, because I couldn't actually talk. Um, I had so much coming out of my mouth of uh, uh, just water uh, and so much pain that I texted my wife, uh, call 911. And so she texted back, is this a joke? And I said, no, it's not a joke, call 911. And so they came and uh, basically tried to help me with my breathing because I was I was in panic mode. And uh, after about a half an hour, the pain subsided, and then uh, a friend took me to, to ER and, and they said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know, <laughs> here are my symptoms. And they, they couldn't figure it out. They gave me some pain meds and sent me home. And I thought, what in the world was that? So I started doing, you know, God, uh, Google does know everything. So I started Googling my symptoms and um, nothing came up. And then uh, just a few months later, the same thing hit, uh, but the pain was even more intense, which was hard to imagine. And uh, again, I uh, ended up in ER. My wife was there at that point. Um, And uh, I had done enough research to say to the doctors, they they said, "What's wrong with you?" And I said, "I think I have trigeminal neuralgia," and they basically said, "What's that?" And I thought, "You're the doctor," <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, what? Well, and so that started um, probably uh, six or seven uh, sudden attacks uh, over a period of a year, um, and they just got worse and worse. The doctors put me on drugs that made it worse. Um, and finally, uh, they tried different procedures. And um, finally, I talked to my surgeon um, and uh, he said, well, you know, really the only option left is brain surgery. And I said, well, explain brain surgery to me. So he told me they're going to cut a hole the size of a half dollar in my, in my head and, and uh, put some space between uh, the trigeminal nerve and a, and a blood vessel, which happens to be the one that goes to my brain. Um, and so they're kind of hoping they don't nick it, you know, on the way. And, uh, so at the end of his, his explanation, I said, so it's just brain surgery. He goes, yeah, it's just brain surgery. So I said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, they put me under. And, um, so that was, uh, three years ago. I haven't had one symptom since, but they did not send me home with guarantee. They said the average, uh, that this surgery helps is about 10 years. And so, um, it could come back today. Uh, It could come back never. I don't, I don't know. Uh, But the interesting thing is that through this whole thing, I had tremendous peace. Um, I knew God was in charge. Um, I didn't understand it, but I couldn't do anything about it. And uh, so amazingly, even though I was in severe pain, uh, there's actually a high suicide rate uh, among those who have uh, trigeminal neuralgia because the pain is so intense. But uh, I just, I had a joy and peace throughout the whole experience, which was pretty bizarre, but I was very thankful for it.
0: Wow. Okay. So this was, this was just three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to tell the rest of the story? Of what happened next? <laughs> wow, man. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, I, am just afraid you're going to be uh, answering my questions before I ask. <laughs> well, looking back it's, um, uh, painful, but comical,
1: uh, because I, um, my daughter said, you've got to see a, uh, a nutritionist chiropractor who is uh, like a doctor, House, ever watched the TV show?
0: Oh house. yeah, I remember House, yeah.
1: Yeah, so this guy is, is uh, like House with a nice attitude, you know, the actual <laughs> house had a terrible attitude. This guy's, you know, full of joy, he's a believer. And um, so he did all kinds of tests to try to figure out well, what caused trigeminal neuralgia because the uh, medical society actually doesn't have a clear understanding of what causes this disease. And so while he's doing these blood tests, Um, he came back to me and said, well, um, I've got some good news and some bad news. I said, um, okay, what's your good news? He said, well, I can't find anything that caused your trigeminal neuralgia." So I said, what's the bad news? He said, I think you have prostate cancer. (laughs) So I said, great. So he sent me to, excuse me. He sent me to a doctor to do more diagnoses, uh, to see if I indeed had prostate cancer. And um, that doctor said, well, I have some good news and I have some bad news. And I said, okay, what's the good news? He said, well, uh, we definitely have a clear diagnosis. You definitely have uh, uh, cancer. And I said, okay, what's the bad news? He says, it's a very aggressive prostate cancer. We need to do something now. And so I uh, went through you know, the, the drugs and the um, uh, radiation for that. And um, today I I'm... I don't have any symptoms, but as we all know, uh, cancer comes back. So the, the the interesting thing to me is that during this whole process, I had a joy that I did not uh, expect. And so as I'm reading the Bible, um, it explains why I had a joy. You know, uh, Jesus said in the world, you will have troubles, but rejoice because I, I will give you peace. And that's what I've experienced throughout this is that um, according to Paul speaking in Romans, uh, he said, God works all things together for our good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. And so um, I'm not trying to make it happen. God has just given me joy.
0: Okay, so so for context, how how far apart were these diagnoses? How far apart were these? Uh, About a year and a half. Wow. Okay. So in this, in the span of a year and a half time frame, you got diagnosed with, I couldn't, I couldn't even say the words. What's the first diagnosis in the brain?
1: Yeah. Try, which is the number three geminal, uh, which means that uh, the nerve gen, uh, comes out of the brainstem. And then when um, it comes into your face, it hits three different spots. Try, try geminal. Okay. And so the pain I had was down here in the jaw, but it could have been anywhere. And then you got one on the other side as well. Okay. So what's the full name? Trigeminal neuralgia. Neuralgia, of okay. course, meaning a nerve issue.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So in the span of a year and a half time, you got diagnosed with something even the doctors couldn't tell you what it was, and right prostate cancer. <clears throat> right. <laughs> one of the ER visits I had <clears throat> during a trigeminal
1: attack, uh, the nurse came in and said, "What? What's wrong?" And I said, I had trigeminal neuralgia. She said, what's that? what's that? So she left the room. Nurse number two comes in and said, you have what? I said, trigeminal neuralgia. She says, I have no idea what that means. Third nurse comes in, doesn't know what it is. They finally searched around the hospital and found a doctor who said, I've, I've read about this. Um, I really don't know anything about it. Wow. Well, fair, apparently it's fairly rare.
0: Yeah, very rare. okay. So a very rare, and, and did the doc- did the doctor say that that was curable or no?
1: No, it's not curable. Okay. Well, they, so with the, with the surgery, they say you know the average uh, without pain is ten years, but you know there's no guarantees.
0: Wow. Okay. So uh, again, I'm just trying. I'm trying to give this give our audience the weight of what was on your shoulders at the time because mm-hmm. within a year and a half, you you get diagnosed with a very rare, incurable issue in the brain and the nerves, right, then prostate cancer, which we are all familiar with. And the point I'm trying to make people that you are listening is that when someone or a few someone's like, hack on your social media post, and you think you're having a bad day, shut (laughs) your mouth. All right. And this is what we call real adversity. This is this is real life stuff that hits you unexpectedly. It's not pleasant. And it's, it's not a anything but a bleak future accord, if you listen to those that, that are laying it out for you, right? So this is real adversity. And, and man, people are gonna people are gonna think you're crazy, Gary, they're gonna think you're nuts that you mm-hmm. had two diagnoses in that amount of time, and you had peace. You had a joy. You had a peace. Yeah. I mean, did you just laugh at the doctor when he told you or something? I mean, I'm. I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we just, we just both laughed like it's, it's only brain surgery. <laughs> man, most man, that would that would that would probably ruin most people's day, month, year, life, right? And but here you are, to him and he, he, you know, told me what he
1: told me. I said, "Well, what are the dangers uh, in this operation?" He says, "Well." We have to, you know, have our instruments right there neck to the uh, blood vessel that, that feeds your brain. So if you nick that, you come out uh, possibly like a vegetable or something. And I said, well, do me a favor. If you nick it, nick it really well. I don't want to come back. You know, I, <laughs> I, had, I had no problem going to heaven because I, I've read the Bible. I know what I, I'm going into, and it's a whole lot better than what we have now. And so if
0: you nick it, nick it good. <laughs> You gotta nick it, nick it right, huh? <laughs> yeah, nick make it, nick make it, do it, nick it all the way through, man. Just yeah. let me go. <laughs> oh, okay. So I have to ask. I, I, again, people are gonna think you're nuts. That's okay. We specialize on on sounding nuts on this show, and but it's always with purpose, and it's always with purpose to empower people. So, like, how did you? Okay, even before then, there had to have been something. How how did you develop this mindset? Right where you could actually find joy in such a crappy day, right where where most people would consider a death sentence twice over, right? right? Right. Like, how did you how did you develop that kind of mindset, and and how can people how can people actually create that for themselves?
1: Well, what it's not uh, it's not religion, it's not um, cultural Christianity. It's a relationship with a God who is very much real. Um, uh, who gives joy, uh, uh, part, part of the promises is that as we walk closely with him, he does give us joy and peace. You know, I've had the privilege of um, overseeing some memorial services and uh, I always start with uh, explaining that the Bible is really like a portal uh, through which we can see eternity. And the more we understand uh, eternity, the more we understand our tiny little place in the, in the world in terms of time. Uh, and what awaits us um, as we walk in obedience to God, uh, there's, just, there's just no comparison. Um, you can't have a really, really, really bad million years on earth, uh, but you can have a really, really good million <laughs> years in heaven. And so it's the real presence of a real God. And I think that um, when I first realized that is when I uh, was in my 20s, I was in the Navy. Um, I knew that I would probably get out of the Navy at some point. And I I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, but it became a bigger question, Uh, not just, you know, what job do I get or what school do I go to, uh, but what is life about? And I really was starting to struggle with the uh, big questions. And then I happened to um, share my thoughts with a fellow sailor. uh, And he said, well, I actually know someone who can answer that question for you. And uh, of course he was, he was talking about Jesus Christ. And so I said, well, look, dude, I've, I've studied Zen Buddhism. I grew up in the church. Um, I try reading the Bible. It's about as exciting as eating, you know, cardboard. Um, uh, and so what What are you talking about? So uh, he just shared with me that uh, there is a way to get in connection with the living God uh, through repentance and faith in Christ. And so I, he asked if I wanted to pray that prayer. And I said, I'd be an idiot not to pray that prayer if there's a God who loves me and he's got a better plan than I can. Up with which is nothing, then uh, I'd be I'd be foolish to say no to that. And so we went through a little track called the Four Spiritual Laws. And at the end, he said, "You know, do you want to pray this prayer, committing submitting your life to God, submitting your life to the leadership of God?" I said, "Absolutely." And so I prayed that prayer, and uh, everything changed. Uh, I picked up the Bible the same day or the next day. I couldn't put it down. It. And to this day, it is a rich, exciting experience to read the scriptures and to pray and to, and to live in a relationship with God. And so he's the one who gives me joy. It's not positive thinking. Trust me, I've, as a businessman, I've got a stack of books about six feet high on positive thinking. Um, it's not that. Uh, it is uh, the input of a genuine person who knows life better than I do.
0: So... Yeah, because you know my my follow up was going to be something to the effect of, um, you know, how, how can people achieve that mindset um, for people who 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 haven't realized the existence of God or are rejecting the re- the, the existence of God, um, and and you kind of segued into the positive thinking books, all the business books. I probably have some of the same ones. You yeah. know what I mean? As an entrepreneur myself, so I mean, Go. so and. and So here's the thing. So you've, you've tried, you've tried the other religions, right? Not all of them. There's 4,000 of them or so, I guess, but a few others, right? You've you've tried a few others in the past. Um, You've done all the positive thinking books, all the reading, all the, all the things that people say to do. And you're saying that none of those gave you the peace that you felt when you, when you decided to be, to accept God in your life, to accept Christ in your life. Right. Yeah,
1: absolutely true. And, um, you know, positive thinking is something we do to try to control our circumstances. Uh, as you stated earlier, there's things that happen to you. You just can't control. Uh, God is not worried about me ending up with cancer. Um, he can cure it in a second or get could do something far better. And that is to uh, change my character, uh make me more like the man he created me to be. Um, and so it's what he does in response to my obedience to him. So I've got my role to play, but it's not positive thinking; it's obedience.
0: All right. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask the question that you know I'm sure other people are going to ask. All right. And you know the age-old question. It's it's so cliche at this point, um, but I have to separate myself from saying it's cliche because the fact is, just like every other. Every other thing that that comes our way that that snows us or fools us or whatever the fact that the, the true reality is that people just don't know so I have to have a little more grace for some people because they don't know right don't so know don't know what well they don't they, they just don't know about God they don't they don't understand what we understand or they don't know and so I have to I have to not give them a hard time. Um, When they ask this question and the question to you is, so why did why did God allow you to get this brain diagnosis? Why did God allow prostate cancer to happen to you so close? You're such a good guy. You seem like a a great person. Why did God allow those bad things to happen to such a good guy?
1: That's that's a huge, huge question. And really, the answer is found in the very first three chapters of the Bible uh, where God created man. Well, he created the universe and. Uh, the earth and put and created man on it. Uh, And he gave man the the earth as a gift. And so think about uh, if you, uh, I don't know if you have any teenagers in your family, but uh, imagine uh, on the 18th birthday, you give your son a car. And with the stipulation that it is your car, not mine, I'm giving it to you. You are responsible. You need to put gas in it. You need to get to change the oil. Uh, If you screw it up, it's on you. And so when God gave the earth uh, to uh, to mankind to rule over it, um, he said, it's a gift. Uh, if you screw it up, I'm not going to come and, and rescue you. Uh, you're going to suffer the consequences of not listening and, and in fact, disobeying what I told. Um, you know, we have the idea, as you mentioned, that uh, uh, only those who are religious really know anything about God. Uh, patently uh, uh, patently false. Um again, going back to the book of Romans, uh, the first chapter, Paul makes it very clear that through nature itself, um, God, uh, makes us known. Uh, we don't look around at nature and think it evolved out of nothing. Uh, if we do, we're, we're very unscientific. Uh, this universe didn't just happen. Uh, right. we are created by a God. We know that, uh, the deepest, darkest Africa, uh, the native there knows there is a God. Um, uh, Someone wrote a book called The Hound of Heaven, uh, meaning that God is continually after all of us to introduce himself and to give us an opportunity to turn our lives over to his leadership, not that we've become puppets, uh, but we live in cooperation with a guy who's really, 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 really smart and really, really, really loves us. And so it would be foolish then to turn away from that. Um, to know more about God, you can read the Bible, um, but uh, God... Uh, God can uh, come into your life in many different ways, uh, but the Bible clearly defines who he is and what he's done and what he asks of us and what he commands us.
0: So, man, you, you know, here's the thing. I I, I was, um, I quote unquote, accepted Christ a long time ago, um, not when I was a young kid or anything, but um, in my early 20s. <clears throat> but I didn't really, um, I didn't understand. I didn't really, I, I, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I should do it. Um, but I didn't understand what it meant. Um, and so I kept living my life, my, you know, without him and without seeking him. And I just wonder, I mean, what are you, again, this is just a side, sidestep question here. So why do you think people, why do you, why do you think people are hesitant? I mean, you know, it's not like he's a secret, especially in the U S right. It's not like people haven't heard of God or Jesus Christ right. why, why do you think they why do you think they've they've pushed it over there instead of trying to see what it's all about
1: Well it's about giving up you know I, I've uh, got several uh, Muslim friends uh, I'm not a proponent of the uh, Islamic faith uh, but it's interesting that when they talk about converting to Islam they talk about submitting you're submitting your life to the leadership of Allah and, uh, in some ways, it's a better gospel than the Christian's culture. Uh, when we say just, you know, pray this prayer, accept Jesus. What, what the fat does that even mean? What do you mean, uh, by that? Um, what God means by it is that you submit your life to him, not that he becomes, um, a controller and, uh, you know, gives you bad days every day. It's just the opposite. He guides you into wisdom. And if you do the right things, you know, if you plant, plant your seed in the right time and water it, um, and uh, expose it to sunshine; the plant grows well. Why? Because that's the way it works. Um, right. You know, when you when you buy a car, you get an owner's manual with it. Um, if you say, "Well, I can I can use sand in my gas tank; it's cheaper than gas." Well, yeah, it's cheaper than gas, but it doesn't work. <clears throat> and so we tend to want to do things our way, um, and sometimes it's very foolish. I think, in some ways, our Christianity in America has. Um, made it really easy to think you're a Christian. Um, So you go to church, you're a good moral person, um, that's fine. Uh, But in Matthew 7, uh, Jesus said to a bunch of um, Christians, depart from me into eternal fire. In Matthew 7, which is a very scary passage for me, uh, Jesus turns to some guys that were involved in Christian ministry and said, depart from me. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. Uh, Didn't we heal in your name? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do this in your name? And Jesus said to them, in my translation, um, "Sorry, dude, we never met." Uh, the words <laughs> Jesus uses, uh, "I never, I never knew you. You never knew me." And so, knowing in the in the biblical term um, is an intimate relationship, you know. And Genesis, uh, Adam knew his wife, and they and she conceived. And so Jesus said, "We never met." You know, you did all these things and you were in church
0: and you were a pastor and you did all of these great things, but um, you never turned your life over to me. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. We're still there's still a lot of people who think they have to do to receive. Right. You know, now, yeah. now if you're starting a company, yeah, you have to do you have to work. You know, yeah. you have to work. You have to put the effort in. You got to do that to get the rewards. But. I mean, I just, I wonder if it's a, um, if it's a too good to be true type syndrome, right? To where Mm -hmm. either they don't know anything at all or they just think that, yeah, yeah, sure. All I got to do is is accept Christ and and my life is going to turn around and this thing. Yeah, right, okay. Mm -hmm. That's not life, you know? It's um...
1: God doesn't pull (laughs) us out of the messes that we create necessarily. Sometimes he does, but usually not. Um, Just think of being a dad to a child and every time the child uh, messes up, You come in and rescue him or her and everything he wants, you give him. What kind of kid does that turn out to be? Yeah. We've all seen it. We've all seen it and it's rotten. And so um, I remember what what, I had a year and a half year old that kept trying to climb up on this little three-legged stool. Well, it kept tipping over at him and I kept saying, don't do that. Don't do that. And I finally decided it's (laughs) that is not working. I need to try a different tack. And so I let him, climb on. And uh, just as he stood, the whole thing collapsed. I let him fall all the way to about two inches from the floor. Then I caught him. So he didn't break his skull, but dude, he got his attention. And sometimes God loves us so much. He says, you're not listening and um, it's going to really cause you some harm. And so I'm going to allow you to fail uh, because I love you, Uh, but I'm going to work it for your good in the long term.
0: Yeah, man. So it, it, again, keeping on this a little bit, it seems, it seems it's, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there because I want to, I want to peel some layers back like we do because I want people listening to, um, to, to, I want them to hear it in their language essentially. Right. Because a lot of people who, who don't understand God, who are not believers in God yet, um, a lot of times as the body of Christ, we, we don't really speak their language like you and I can talk in different in that language and speak the, the terminology and everything else. And, and those people who aren't there with him don't aren't going to understand it. And so one of my goals here is, is to make it digestible for people. Right. And, and keeping on this topic, um, I mean, it seems like many people have this like separation in their minds when it comes to submitting themselves to god right live and and living their best life it's like one or the other in their minds right mm-hmm. they think that like they think they'd be giving up a lot if they, if they get into that whole religion thing if they get into that whole god thing right mm-hmm. or that they'll have to follow all these rules right and, and so that what is your opinion on that disconnect uh
1: pretty simple we all want to do what we want to do when we want to do it and so yeah. we make up all kinds of excuses um, to not submit our, our life to a God who created us. Uh, but it really comes down to um, we're sinful, broken people. We want what we want when we want it, and we'll fight and cheat and steal to get it. And so we're not going to submit to a God who makes us be a nice person. Um, right. Uh, not realizing that he created us to be phenomenal people. Uh, but um, he works one step at a time.
0: Yeah, and my... My thought process is, and again, I, I get, I get kind of literal with things sometimes, but I mean, when people think that they're going to have to follow all these rules, right? Oh man, I don't want to be shackled up. I don't want to, be, and you're right. They want to do what we want to do. What we want to do. But at the same time, those quote unquote rules that you're speaking of, I mean, the people that I've heard say that they're already following the rules. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're already following the Ten Commandments. They're not killing somebody. They're not coveting. They're they're decent people, right? And they're already following those rules. So it's just like, I'm like, I want to just get in their face. And I want to say, like, what are you talking about? You're already following the rules. And then they're they're going to say to me, so why do I need to follow God? And what would you say?
1: He has better rules.
0: (laughs) I mean, you
1: think about who God is. uh, And if if there is a God... Uh, and if he did create the universe, he's got to be a pretty smart dude. And uh, so if we follow the instructions in our owner's manual for a car, because uh, we don't want to screw up our car because it's a big investment. Uh, why would we want to screw up our life, which is the most valuable thing to us, by trying to figure out on our own, rather than at least listening to the advice of someone who's been around for about a billion years and, uh, and loves us?
0: Yeah, I think that's a hard thing for people to grasp, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a hard, it, it's a hard thing for people to just make that connection in their mind that number one, they were created by him, right? They, yeah. they mistake science, right? For biology and science for the creation, right? And mm-hmm. you can always just put, well, God created that in front of it and just call it a day, right? Win every argument, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's just, it's just strange. I I, I guess you can tell I'm kind of perplexed by, by, by people will believe in, in so many weird, stupid things, but they won't entertain the idea of a God that's created everything. Yeah. Right.
1: You know, the verse in the Bible that really um, did the trick for me, Jesus uh, said, if any man is willing to do God's will, he'll know if this is true or not. And so I thought, why not try? Why not? I mean, I'm willing to. If there is a God, it's his job to communicate to me. It's not my job to make him communicate. If he really wants to communicate and communicate the great life that I can have if I follow him, um, then
0: sure, I'll listen and I'll do what he says. Man, you make it sound so easy. Um... Yeah. I mean, you know, know what I'm saying? Soul. You know, well, yeah, it, it, it is in theory and, 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 you know, again, playing the other side here, it, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it is so much in practice, right? Because people, people don't seem to know everybody. God is not going to just speak words to you that you fully understand as if you're listening to a show like this, right? right? It doesn't really work that way. What, so how, how do you, how do you listen to God? Gary, how do you how what are what are the practical steps that anyone can take to listen to God and actually hear God, and then confirm that it is God and not their own minds telling them to do something?
1: Sure, and of course it um, it's going to definitely come back to the Judeo-Christian scriptures uh, that we call the Bible, um, because it contains essentially what God has been trying to communicate. Uh, he's communicated to people. Who, who not only listened, but wrote it down. And so we, we've got uh, the advice of, of God right there in the book. You know, there's an interesting um, survey, survey that uh, was done recently. They just uh, talked to anybody, um, man on the street type of questions, and said, basically, are you a Christian? If the person said yes, then he said, how often do you read the Bible? And um, so... Uh, After tabulating all the results, they found out that if a person reads the Bible once a week, it has almost no impact on their life. If they read the Bible two times a week or three times a week, it has almost no impact on their life. If they read the Bible four times a week, it has a dynamic impact on their life. Um, And so, um, you know, addictions uh, like pornography, for instance, uh, are changed when a person... uh, Reads the Bible four or five times a week. And so to me, it's kind of like, um, you know, I met uh, my wife, uh, when I was in college and I proposed to her and we get married. And after we get married, I say, uh, I think we should spend uh, at least an hour together every week. So see you next week.
0: <laughs> but that's not uh, going to make for a very fun relationship. You may but, not, yeah.
1: you may not really be attracted to that
0: particular plant.
1: And so why why do I go to church and sit for an hour and that and I'm done for the week? It has no impact. And so um, to find out if God is really real, you need to talk to Him every day, listen to Him every day, um, and then see what happens.
0: Right. Yeah, I think. And, and I think that's why people's lives don't change. Honestly, yeah. the people that go to church every single week and that's literally all they do, which is fine, I guess for them, if that's what you want. But um, they go, they get their fill and they they're out and they, they'll see you next week type thing. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I'm not one I'm not one to talk because I was that guy for a while. Um, and in all truth be told, in I've been like, it's just I had to move to Florida to have a better relationship with God for whatever reason that because things have changed in the year that we've been here. Um, yeah. and again, if you look back, like I look back, um, I can see a, I can see a, a difference in my life personally. Right. In other words, and these are little wins. These are like, I, I don't really don't really get mad about things as easily as I used to. It takes a lot more. I, I have more patience. I have more grace. I have, you know, um, I just, I've met some really great friends, you know what I mean? There's like things that are really valuable in life. Um, yeah. that, but you always, you always see it after you always look back and say, Oh man, I used to be like that. I used to be quick to anger. I used to get mad about little things because it was disrupting my comfort. And right. I was thinking yeah. that things were adversity. They weren't really adversity, you know? Oh. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, man, it's a, it's a, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying. I, I'm trying to get people to to get curious because if you've tried everything else, you got nothing to lose, right? You know. And I, I also, I was, keeping with the theme of adversity, man. I just um I'm kind of. I read something today about the the privilege of, of suffering. Right. As mm. as followers of Christ, we have to. Um. And and that was actually the first time I had been exposed to that. And so when I when I see that, you know, for those that want to reference it, if you want to get a Bible, you can go to Philippians one right? And it says that he's, we have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't really understand what that means. I'm going to be digging into it, but do you, do you have some context for that and what that means? No? <laughs> i we have to think see, about that. See, we're, we're, willing to, we're willing to say we don't have all the answers on this show. No. Walking right? close. So, I, no.
1: I'm not even sure I can spell answers. So. Right.
0: <laughs> I think um, the privilege of suffering, I think, I mean, you know, again, I think anything God tells us we're going to suffer in his name. We're going to suffer just because we follow him. Right? Right. right. And, and so that means... There, there clearly there's obviously a connection there, but it's, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm curious as to what it means that we have the privilege of, of suffering for him. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me yet. Yeah. A lot of the, excuse me,
1: <laughs> a lot of the suffering that we um, experience is saying no to our own selfish desires. And so, right. um, you know, as simple as um, your wife has to get up uh, for the third time with the baby and you say, sweetheart, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. You don't want to do it, um, right. but but it's the loving thing to do, and God calls us to be loving people. So you get up and you, you serve. Um, you deny the flesh. Um, you know, I, again, when I was in the Navy, I had only experienced uh, walking with, with God for maybe six months or so, and I was challenged by a guy who said, what if you come to the end of this life and you find out the whole thing's a hoax, there is no God, you just, you know, it, it, you turn into worm food. That's all it is. You know, once you, you be upset, I said, dude, I'm having such a great time. If this is all there is that I turn into worm food, I've lived a great life. And so no. Uh, but I said, on the other hand, if you're wrong um, and you get to the end of your miserable life and find out that nothing but an eternity of misery is, is the next thing you're going to experience, then you're going to be the one who is sad, uh, not me. And so, you know, if we're both wrong, uh, I don't suffer you to. If we're both right, uh, I don't suffer, but you do. So it's kind of a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, boy, you know, and and again, this is this is totally just just talking here. But I guess I'm I'm still in the process of of trying to reach people in a very smart and strategic way because you can't. I don't think you can no. I, I don't think you can. You can no longer just try to help somebody um, find God by saying, "Yeah, you know what, dude, you're gonna go to hell, like <laughs> you know, what I mean? if yeah. you don't." You know, I mean, that doesn't work. That's been played out. In, I mean, decades ago, in my opinion. And, and, but like, how? Man, I just. And I'm talking about people close to me. You know what I mean? I'm sure we all have people that are close to us that, that have not accepted God. They don't, they don't, they don't understand. They just don't believe. They think we take the eternal dirt nap and like you said, become worm food, whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, who really, you know, I don't know, man, what, how do you, how do we, how do we reach them without the whole, you're going to hell thing. You can't just, you can't just put fear in people with, with fire and brimstone, if you will. Right. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts?
1: So look at uh, how Jesus uh, did his uh, personal ministry. Uh, He didn't stand on a rock and start saying, you guys are all going to go to hell. Uh, First thing he did, he spent a lot of time, uh, probably at least the first year or two of his ministry, just healing people. And so um, he met real needs. Um, So I think the the same ministry um, we can have as well. Uh, First, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Um, Christianity, uh, cultural Christianity as you go to church, uh, genuine Christianity is you have a relationship with God. And you re- really experience that more fully as you have a relationship with other believers as well. And so um, it, just an example, we started a men's Bible study a few years ago at our church. And uh, a guy came up to me after he'd been in Bible study for about, uh, I don't know, four or five months. He said, my Sunday morning experience is totally different now. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I've been coming to this church for decades and I know, you know, I wave to Bob and to Jim and whatever, and they're nice people and I go home and I have no idea what's going on in their life. But now that I've been a part of this small group men's Bible study, um, I I can't wait for Sunday to see Bob to say, how did it work? You know, what happened this week? We prayed for you. And I see Jim and he asked me, you know, we've got these relationships now that we're doing life together. And so Jesus, how did he start his ministry? He did life together with 12 men. Um, and he, and he focused on meeting people's needs. And so, um, maybe my personal philosophy of, uh, how to bring someone to Christ is you start by caring for them. Um, you know, if it's some guy at work and he's had a bad day, you say, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and talk? You know, you build relationships because Christianity is relational and, uh, uh, people don't really uh, care what you know until they know that you care you've probably heard that video mm-hmm. um, and so uh, my wife and I uh, we try to uh, know our neighbors uh, know the people that were that we see every day um, be, uh, beyond the surface level and uh, one of my favorite things in the whole world to do is go get coffee with somebody not because I like coffee okay I like coffee but like <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. To time with some guy. We just talk. I don't have an agenda um, other than just building the relationship. And then the, you know, let me just, uh, let me tell you one quick story to illustrate that. Um, We, we lived, we used to live in Kent, Washington, and um, we had neighbors across the street who had uh, a boy and a girl about the same age as our kids. And um, uh, our kids played over their house for a while and came back and said, we don't want to go over there anymore. And I said, How come? And he said, Well, the boy has a stack of Playboy magazines in his bedroom. He's not trying to hide anything. And the girl spends all of her time listening to acid rock. And uh, we, I, we can't relate to these people. Um, so I said, Okay. And so we began to pray for this family. And then uh, some months later, we had a knock on the door and we opened it up. And here's mom and dad, uh, the folks, the couple across the street. And they said, uh, Could we come in? And we said, Sure. And we'd, we'd done a bunch of different things with them, you know, just like neighbors do. And they said, could you pray for us? And we said, well, sure. What What's the deal? And they said, we don't understand our, our son and our daughter. They're just, they're messed up. Um, and we have no idea why. <laughs> I'm going, I could probably tell you something. But we said, you bet. So we, we prayed for them. And, uh, it, you know, it's just being a neighbor who who cares enough. Uh, so they're they're willing to open up and say, we have a need. Um, so I think that um, Christianity is a relationship, a relationship with God, and relationship with people. And so um, you can read your Bible five times a week, but probably it would be good to uh, hang out with some other uh, people who, like ourselves, are trying to
0: figure it out and do what's right. And uh, it makes a monster difference over time. Wow. So, okay so you you stopped going over to the, the neighbor's house and you didn't so you mean to tell me just a few months later they just came to you out of the blue you didn't you didn't say hey if you need me I'm here to pray for you if, if you need me I'm here if you, you, you. no I, mean, I just... think we I think
1: we've built up enough trust in the relationship um, my my wife uh, started a uh, neighborhood watch program and so uh, we spent time with all the neighbors that was our excuse for being able to you know, knock on the door and ask them if they want to be a part of this, and most of them did. And so we've we've just built relationships with our local community um, by um, offering protection. Um, we said that if there's something happens or the police think that maybe something will happen, uh, they'll call us and we'll call all of you or email you. And so we provided a service in that way, um, but we we did it you know in some ways selfishly just to as a way to build relationships rather than seeing your neighbor, you know, drive into his driveway and the drive door opens and the car pulls in and it closes and you have no, no idea who was in the car because the windows are tinted, you know, do that for 20 years. Uh, instead, when we, you know, we knocked on the door and said, hey, we're new to the neighborhood and we baked some banana bread, which, you know, would you like it? They're going, well, yeah, we should have probably baked banana bread and brought it to you. But we said, yeah, but you won't do that. So we're here. <laughs> But we just, we just, uh, we try to build relationships. Uh, same with the, uh, uh, my, the broker that I work with for commercial real estate. Um, should, I, should I tell you another story or is it too much? No, please. Okay. So i uh, with the broker. Uh, he's, uh, he's uh, one of the top uh, real estate, uh, commercial real estate brokers in the Seattle area. Um, everybody knows him. It's in that um, line of work. And, um, he, he drops the F bomb about every, you know, three sentences, uh, pretty crude guy. Um, except when he's mad, then he drops the F bomb a lot more frequently. And so, um, you know, I'm working with him. I'm, I love the guy. And, uh, uh so we're sitting in a restaurant going over a case that we're working on. And he, in, in the middle of a sentence, he just says, I don't know if I, can, I, don't know what to do. I, I can't even sleep at night. I said, Whoa, Whoa, what are you talking about? He said, my son went crazy. I said, what do you mean your son went crazy? He's in, a, he's in an institution right now. They had to put him in an institution because he's, he went crazy. I said, well, pardon me for asking, but do you think he does drugs or alcohol? He says, I really don't think he does. He just he just snapped. So I said, well, dude, I'll, I will pray for your son every day until that changes. He says, thanks, man. And we went right back into the realistic conversation. So several months passed and I don't want to bug him, you know, saying what's what happened to your son. But uh, again, um, I, well, I just asked him what, you know, what happened to your son? Um, where is he? And he goes, oh, I didn't tell you. I said, what? He said, well, he just got the job as the assistant manager for Safeway. I go, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he went from going nuts. Now he's got a job of responsibility. What happened in between? He said, dude, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what happened, but I do know why it happened. I said, what do you mean? He says, I know why he got better. I said, why? He says, because you said you would pray for him every day. Hmm. I said, yes, I did. I did. Huh. He That's hasn't accepted crazy. Christ yet. He but, still uh, hasn't, huh? No, no. He's wow. a tough dude. He is a tough, tough dude. But I love the guy and he loves me. Usually when we call and you know, talk about real estate, uh, we'll hang up the phone and he'll say to me, I love your brother. I said, I, I love you too. I mean, hmm. who says that to their broker? So we right. have a close relationship. Uh, and he knows where I stand. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's not my job to convert people or tell them right. that they're going to go to hell. It's my job to love them and to
0: uh, um, pray that God will give an opening and And he does. Yeah. And you don't, you know, whether it's coffee or the meeting or what have you, you don't, you don't have to have all the answers. Right. Right the fact that you are really as sad as it is, but the fact that you are there willing to listen to to someone in their time of need in a world that really doesn't have time to do that or, or doesn't make time to do that. Right. Right. That's exceptional in my opinion. Um, Like, like me, I, you see my backdrop here. I, this is, this is my backdrop in my office. Right. And, And I, every business call, I am on this is my backdrop, right? Sure. You see, you see the cross, you see my wife, you see the flag. And you, anybody who's aware will know very, very quickly, kind of who this guy is and where yeah. he stands. Right. right? And I do that on purpose. Because when when I'm in business, and I'm having meetings with a lot of different people that I'm going to come across people who are don't believe in the same faith as me or don't have any faith. Right. right? And I want them and, and I, I try, extremely difficult, I, I try to be an example that they can connect this guy serving them with the cross. Sure. Right? I want them to try to make that connection within their own minds, even subconsciously, mm-hmm. and try to be as best example as I can, as I can be, right. you know, in, in serving others. So, um, it's, it's, uh, I think it's something we have to do every day. And uh, it's an active effort. Um, and I, I, I just, I hope, I hope the people listening to this will, will hear the stories that seem strange, right? The, the, the neighbors coming over with, with seemingly out of nowhere. And, and um, I mean, you, you didn't go to the institution and heal the guy's son, right? <laughs> right. right. Um, so, and, and the institution isn't probably going to heal them because they're making money for him being there. You sure. know what I'm saying? So, it's um, something happened. Something happened. I mean, you, you people in the audience, you can decide what it is. You can decide to get curious about what it is and, and, and incorporate that same power into your life. Um, it, this could be a whole other show as well. But but people are I think people are, are, are even you know regular people, of course, but even people in the church these days, in my opinion, are missing out mm-hmm. on they're, they're not harnessing the supernatural power of God. Right. You know what I mean? I I mean, I I went to my I went to a group last night and and making some great friends uh, of guys there. And um, we talked about standing out. We talked about a few different things. But um, people, people, they just even believers don't believe in the supernatural power of God, man. You know, and we're missing out on it. I'm guilty of it. Most people I know are guilty of it. And and we're not we think that the doc, whatever the doctor says goes. Yeah. Right. And that's not really the case. If, if you believe Now, again, it doesn't mean everybody's going to get healed hundred percent of the time. Right. And, and and to, to ask me why is crazy because you're asking me to answer for God. There's no way I could do that. Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no way. So I just do know that there is a difference between living a faith-filled life and living a life with no faith, because I've lived both. Yeah. Yep. Me too. So I'm aware. All right, my man. So here we're kind of wrap, kind of getting to wrapping up here. Um, so I'm going to throw the final question out to you okay. that I ask every every special guest, and that question is if 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 you could leave the audience, all right, with just one thing that they can start doing right now that would set them on the path to becoming undeniable, what would that one thing be? I would pick up a Bible and read the first 11 chapters of
1: Genesis, the first 11 chapters in the book, Um, and then thumb over to the
0: uh, New Testament and read the first six chapters of John. So, and why is that? Why would a why would a non-believer, why would a non-believer just say, you know what, I'm going to listen to this Gary guy. I, I'm not doing anything else right now and, and do that.
1: He's probably doing something else right now. But uh, what, is he, what does he have to lose to find out if there is a God? A God who loves him, wants to help him, um, wants to help him not screw up his life anymore. Um, how long does it take to read the first 11 chapters of Genesis and the first six chapters of John? Uh, what do you have to lose? Uh, you have eternity to gain. Um, so, you know, I, I get, I get to, um, do a lot of memorial services and, uh, I usually start on the same way that, um, I do memorial services and also I do weddings. And the one I prefer to do is the memorial service because it's about reality. (laughs) Weddings tend to be about fantasy. Like we hope that this works. Um, but memorial services, whether the guy was good or bad, is it's real, and uh, so why wait until your last breath to look back and go, ah, I screwed it up? Why not uh, take a chance to see if maybe this is true? You know, J- John, uh, Jesus said something that really struck me: if any man is willing to do God's will, he'll know. So why not be willing to do it if it's real?
0: What do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's 30. because, yeah, and I think that's because they don't, they don't understand that his will, even though you think it's not your will, right? I think it's it's not what you want to do, but that's a, that's a big bridge to gap, man, because that I, I struggled with it for a long time. I want to do it my way. I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I want to do it, how I wanted to do it yep. and everything else. And so I, I see things starting to happen ironically, right? When, yeah. when I try to get into alignment with Him and His path, right? So, if I can, if I can add on to uh, the one thing you just threw out for people to do, um, I would, I would just challenge people because we've heard all the stories, right? You and I have um, of people who say, "Okay, you know what, God, I don't know you. I'm not in a relationship with you. I'm going to pick up and and do what Gary said and read the first 11 chapters of Genesis and the first six of John. I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing that." And if you're real, just show up, man. You know, if you're real, I challenge you to show up, you know, not in a cocky Mm -hmm. manner, just be humble about things and just say, Hey, look, I don't believe in you show up. Yep. Right. And I would challenge you to do that before you start your reading. That's all. So Gary, it's been an honor having you on the show, man. I think you put, put out some great things for people to soak up and I hope they will listen. I hope they will apply. Um, But If people have questions, I mean, you know, how can, how can they connect with you? Should they have questions?
1: Well, um, you can email me. I don't mind giving out my email address. And it's at my full name, Gary Stanton, 49. So G-A-R-Y-S-T-A-N-T-O-N. The number is four, nine at Gmail.
0: So I'd be glad to uh,
1: communicate with anybody.
0: Yep. And he is very easy to communicate with, guys. I can tell you that for sure. Um, Gary, my man, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I hope you enjoyed your time here. Uh, I know we got into quite a few different things, but I think they all kind of relate. And um, it's my hope that people will take what you said and put it into practice to improve their lives. Appreciate you being on the show, brother. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Awesome. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And quite frankly, um, if you didn't hear any nuggets that were undeniably valuable to you, then quite frankly, you just weren't listening. All right. Um, so what's next after this ends, right? Pay the show, pay it forward by sending the show to people, you know, All right? Some, some you heard something in the show and thought of somebody and said, you know what? That person needs to hear what I just heard. For whatever reason maybe god's speaking to you and you don't even know it saying you need to send the show to somebody else do it act on it right and you know it just takes a couple taps of your phone it's not that hard to do and them hearing that part that you think they need to hear could actually change your life so just do it right it'll take you very little time after that i'm going to ask that you leave us a nice generous review so that we can grow the show and get this value into the ears of more listeners that need to hear it all right And as like I always say, remember, you cannot become undeniable if you are uninformed. So make sure you bless up mom, and I'm out.